is Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. Good afternoon and welcome to the show. So, more news this week in real estate. You know what? I love the fact that it just keeps steaming along. I am your host, Todd C. Slater. You've tuned into Simply Real Estate right here on News Talk 1010. Lots to talk about this week. In fact, Interesting stuff, interesting development this week in Mississauga. You know, right here on News Talk 1010, uh, we had Jerry Agar interviewing Bonnie Crombie, the mayor of Mississauga. And at first, it didn't sound like it was going to go so well for those homeowners that uh, could not move back into their home after that blast that destroyed uh, quite a few homes in Mississauga. I don't know if you remember, but uh, it was about six months ago, back in June, um, there was an explosion on Hickory Drive and it did massive damage to a great number of homes. Uh, there's about 29 of them of that uh, people weren't able to move back into. And the city was pushing for everybody to continue to pay their property taxes as levied. And then they decided that, you know, maybe they'll reduce them a little because some of the houses were not inhabitable, but they still said, no, you're going to have to pay your taxes. Well, I guess enough people were listening and the uh, the city decided to waive, the Mississauga councillors voted Wednesday night, actually, to waive the municipal portion of the property taxes for the residents displaced by the Hickory Drive explosion. So it's amazing, you know, uh, what I guess the power of radio can do. And I think that definitely there must have been some kind of influence and that the uh, the powers to be in Mississauga felt that there was enough pressure on them that they need to rethink what was going on. So apparently there was no history here, no precedent for doing this. However, the city decided that they decided to make a first. So Mayor Bonnie Crombie and her other councillors during the debate, they questioned whether future victims of tragedy would expect the same treatment. This is the problem is that, you know, a lot of times when something like this happens, you know, you may not be able to point blame or be able to get money back from somebody, but there's got to be a little bit of leeway. And in this case, uh, good on them for actually standing up and stepping in. Now, one of the things, though, before we uh, move off of this topic, keep in mind that if this was an investment property, you do, I don't know if people are aware, but your insurance that you have on your investment property can have what they call full rent recovery. Now, when you do something like that, you're actually, you pay for it, obviously, in your insurance rider. But what it means is that if the house was to get you know, decimated, like some of these were, your insurance company will still pay you the monthly rent that you would have received. So let's say your rent was $2,000 a month. Out of that $2,000, you have to pay, pay your, your mortgage, your property taxes, and your insurance. Well, they'd continue to pay you the $2,000 as if the property was up running like an investment property. And this way, you wouldn't have to worry about the situation. Now, the real question is, can you put that clause in your own primary residence? That if something happens to your property and something catastrophic like this, will they, will your insurance cover your property taxes? Well, some insurance companies will do it. In fact, looking into it, you can pay for that extra insurance on your rider. But remember, whenever we talk about extra insurance, it means money. And so the real question is, is that, you know, do you believe that something can happen to your property? So, you know, what happens if your property burns down? 
Okay. Um, will the actual city step in and say, okay, now are they going to change the rules and say every house that burns down, you don't owe the property taxes until you get the house rebuilt? Now, one of the other things that, um, you know, I think that probably Jerry might not have asked uh, the mayor or actually brought up to the mayor was the fact that when these properties get rebuilt, what happens to the value? Well, they're going to go up. So brand new homes. So think about it. It's an older neighborhood. Let's say we're talking a 30 or 40 year old home. Now a brand new home will be erected where the old one was or complete gut renovation. So what happens to the value? Well, brand new home means it's going to be more, you know, more value, which means that MPAC's going to come in, they're going to reassess the property, and guess what's going to happen to the property taxes? Remember the $3,000 you were paying before? Guess what? It's now five. So people are going to get it from both sides. Yes, your insurance company is going to come in and they're going to do a repair and you're going to be left with a nice newer home or brand new home. But more importantly, your property taxes are going to go up. And this is one of those things that I don't think, you know, actually is on people's radar is the fact that, yes, you are going to end up with a newer or better home than you had started out with. But at the end of the day, your costs are going to go up in the tax department. Now, here's the other thing. Has the actual councillors or the city actually contemplated this, you know, had they been smarter and not have to have this go public, not turn around and get the public scrutiny that they did, they could have realized that, hey, listen, when these properties get rebuilt, guess what's going to happen? We're going to recover those taxes plus because the value of the property is going to go up because it is, and now they can get more taxes. So again, you know what? I'm glad to see that it's going to work out for these these residents in this area. Little surprised at the initial um, you know decision that was made by the city of Mississauga that they were they weren't going to budge. And again, after the emergency council meeting, good for them for uh, for turning it over because quite frankly, these people have been through enough. And you know, compassion is definitely a, a thing that should have been uh, you know considered right here in this particular situation. Um, also, lots going on today. Um, just so you know, we've got the mayor of Caledon joining us, uh, Mr. Alan Thompson. We're going to talk about Caledon and, uh, you know, I think he's got a little jab in there for, uh, for the mayor of Orangeville because, uh, you know, I guess they're, they're competing markets. They're side by side. And, uh, also a little bit later, we've got Brian Torrey. He is general manager of Bosley Real Estate. He's going to be joining us as well. And we're going to be talking about the marketplace and what's going on right now here in Toronto, you know, some of the reasons why we are growing, why the numbers are what they are. And of course, as I always like to ask people, what do they think is our foreign buyer tax in the wings? You know, a lot of our guests recently have said, no, we don't want it. We're not interested in it. And uh, we're going to get Brian's take on that. And uh, it's always, uh, always a pleasure to have our guests join us. You know, interesting thing uh, about Caledon, I don't know if many people know, and, and I'm going to, uh, you know, ask the question of the mayor is, uh, you know, how big is Caledon? I don't know if many people know how big Caledon really is. And it's one of those questions that, uh, you know, the mayor is going to be able to answer for us. But, um, you know, you'll be surprised, I think, at his answer. So also a couple other things that are going on, obviously, are the numbers right now in real estate. Just waiting to get the February release of numbers, but I'm going to tell you they're going to be very, very strong. The market is not backing off. And I think that we're going to see our year over year increase. Uh, So February to February, I still think that we're going to be floating around double digit and very, very strong. On top of that, 
you know, supply remains low, and this is the driving factor for sure. And this is a couple of things that I think people have to realize is that without the inventory, the demand is going to remain. And as I had called out a few of the economists last week, you know, I don't see this as being a typical bubble. There's a lot more complexity to this one probably more than we've ever seen in the history of real estate of what's been recorded over the last 100 years. Nothing like it. And so we're going to have to keep our eye on this one. Uh, Interest rates, you know, looks like we're staying pat right now. You know, economy is inching forward. You know, I don't know if the Trump effect is going to hurt or uh, hinder us this year. Uh, Interesting stuff, of course, with him. Um, You know, he did give a shout out to our immigration policy uh, when uh, when he had addressed Congress there and uh, did mention that Canada has a very strong way of vetting uh, immigrants. And, you know, speaking of immigration, hey, listen, Toronto grows because we have a lot of immigrants coming into Toronto and we continue to grow as a city, Ontario is very strong and as long as uh, you know everything stays consistent you know it's going to be interesting and like I said it's one of those things that uh, I don't know I can't call it a bubble folks it's supply and demand right now and we'll have to wait and see if uh, interest rates bump up a little then we may see uh, some kind of indication of a slowdown um, other other thing that I wanted to bring up to everybody's attention and this is for you people that are out buying and you know I had a discussion with my uh, producer Ian Grant a little bit earlier about this but I wanted just to give everybody a heads up. When you hire an agent to be a buyer agent, you're not technically hiring them. You're signing a contract. And this contract states that you agree to have this agent represent your interests in a transaction. And it's called a buyer agency agreement. Now, a couple of things about a buyer agency agreement is the fact that your this is now entitling your realtor to commissions if you go out and buy a property, even without them. And you'll see it. And I need everybody to read the fine print of this agreement because there are certain things called holdover clauses. So if if an agent represents you, takes you to a property, and they show you the property and do an introduction, and you decide to talk to the owner and you say, hey, listen, 30 days from now, I'm going to come back. I'm going to buy this from you. Forget about the agents. We don't pay them commissions. Um, and yet they've got a 90-day holdover clause. That means that anything they introduce you to over within a period of 90 days, they will turn around and you will owe them commission. And this is what happens, folks. You have to keep this in mind that when you sign a contract look at the start and stop look at the look at the actual timing of it because you could be sued for the commission that this agent should have been paid likewise same with your listing okay if an agent turns around and introduces a buyer to your house and you pull the buyer aside and say hey listen my listing's about to expire come back to me right after guess what you will have to pay the agent who actually had your home listed, the commission. So again, read the contracts. And you know, it's so easy because right now the market's going crazy. You jump in, you say, okay, let's sign the paperwork. Let's sign the paperwork. Let's, you know, get our offer in, get our offer in. You might be signing something that you're not aware of. So you know what? Take a step back, take a big deep breath, take a look at the documents, make sure you are signing something that you're not going to regret later. 
Also, don't forget, we've got our upcoming seminar, April 27th. And uh, you know what? I don't know if we have much room left, so make sure you go to thesimpleinvestor.com. And uh, I want to congratulate everybody on our new release. Uh, We sold out immediately. Uh, It was only 58 units. And uh, I would like to congratulate everybody. But if you did not get an opportunity, get on the waiting list. Um, Again, not all deals come to full fruition. So, you know, don't be afraid. Go to thesimpleinvestor.com and and let us know if you want to be put on the waiting list for a property in the near future. So, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, coming up right after the break, I have Brian Torrey from Bosley Real Estate. We are going to be talking with him. He is a general manager. And later on in the hour with Minutes with the Mayor, I have Mr. Alan Thompson. He'll be joining us from the town of Caledon. And we're going to talk about how great Kaladin is. So when we come back, we've got more. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. Now, more of Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. What do you think of the marketplace? Lots happening. You know, you, you and I have been watching a market for the last few years that I, and if you've listened to the show many times, have said it's unprecedented. It's not what we would call a typical bubble. Um, but instead of me always talking about it, as you know, I love bringing in the experts. And we've had a lineup uh, over the last couple of years that have been able to join us and give us our opinion. But, you know, uh, today I've got a special guest joining me, and it is Brian Torrey. No, not related to John Torrey as far as I know, but he is general manager at Boston. Bosley Real Estate. And for those of you, Bosley's been around for a very long time. It is a professional uh, brokerage and uh, they have a lot of representatives out there that I think that people would be very proud to call their agents. And uh, Brian, thanks for so much for joining us today. Oh, it's great to be here, Todd. Thanks so much. So um, so one of the things, Brian, is, of course, you know, you and I can talk real estate all day long. It's what we, we live and breathe in your case. Uh, maybe you can just enlighten our listeners of what your position is at Bosley. Uh, so I'm the general manager at Bosley Real Estate, and it means that I oversee all of the operations of the company, but I also oversee one of the branches itself. So I do have oversight over about 120 uh, realtors directly. Excellent. So, you know, in, in the case that you are managing, uh, realtors, of course, you know, I'm sure you're hearing all the stories about what's going on in the marketplace. You know, um, as I had alluded to a little bit earlier, you know, we're kind of in an unprecedented um, marketplace, you know, not one that we've ever seen. You know, there's so many driving forces. Of course, there's the the interest rates. There is the fact that we have lack of supply. We've got a huge demand. You know, there's so much that you and I are going to be able to talk to uh, today, um, you know, to, to you know, to really get started, I, I would ask that, uh, you know, why don't we discuss the fact that right now, you know, here we are, uh, beginning of March, we're, we're seeing numbers come up in the, um, in the board saying that, you know, January record numbers, uh, February, I'm pretty sure, you know, we should see the release this week. They'll, they'll give us a bit of a track on it, but quite frankly, the numbers don't seem to be backing off. You know, what, what's your take on this market? Yeah, I would agree with you. I think we'll see those February numbers come out and I think we'll see exactly what we saw in January. We're going to see record sales. We're going to see listings down. Um, and, and what I see is just a huge, huge demand uh, for buying real estate in Toronto. 
Uh, it's a demand from the people who live here, and the people who live here tend to stay in Toronto and buy in Toronto. But there's also a demand from investors. There's a demand from, from people coming into the city. Uh, I mean, the demand is just coming from everywhere. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because a lot of the economists right now have been trying to point the finger uh, at the marketplace. You know, they're they're blaming uh, the foreign investment. And, you know, one of the things, um, you know, you and I were just talking, you know, off air uh, a few minutes ago, we were talking about the fact that if we took a look at 80, 88, 89, you know, there was a massive speculative market. Um, you know, uh, some of the presidents of the banks have called out saying that, hey, listen, by the way, you know, we're in a, we're in a serious bubble um, I remember 88, 89 quite well, um, you know, as part of the real estate world back then, looking at that marketplace, you know, houses were trading hands the same day, the same week, the same month. We are in a marketplace right now, and I'm pretty sure that you can, you could, you know, actually have a chat with some of your agents. People aren't rolling these houses. When they buy them, they're hanging on to them. We're not seeing, you know, the double or triple flip prior to the first close, um, which then, in my opinion, they, they, they've, they've stepped back from a speculative market. They're actually investing in it. What's your take on that? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting to look at it that way. And I think I'd agree with you. What we're seeing a lot of is end users buying houses. And they're buying them as an investment to live in. And we're seeing this a lot because of the immigration into the city. Uh, the provinces demanded that Toronto take on, I think it's 50,000 people a year in, in new people. We're and actually 100,000. 100,000 100, new go. immigrants coming into Toronto <clears throat> every single year. And this is new immigrants, not even, mm -hmm. you know, people that are coming uh, from other provinces. When you just keep adding that many people to the city, we just have to have more housing. And that kind of demand on, on the city means that people are buying to live in properties. I think the other thing we're seeing, and, and you've mentioned it, foreign buyers and, and, and investors, we're seeing a lot of people investing in real estate. But what we're, what we're seeing and recognizing is those people investing in the real estate are either living in the space or they're adding it to the rental pool. So the rental pool is increasing in size with a lot of the condos that are being bought. Um, being added to the rental pool. I mean, the rental market's as, as crazy as the, as the sales market is. It's, an, it's incredibly competitive out there. And it's, again, this, this incredible demand for living space in Toronto. Well, you know, it's interesting because we, we do hear a lot of the complaints that are out there going on in the marketplace today. You know, people saying that, you know, they can't afford to buy. So now they're, they're looking at rent. And there are those people that are saying, listen, we, you know, there, there are some bidding wars in the rental market. Um, you know, I, I would caution people to, to hop on that bandwagon because I think it, again, is very area specific. You know, if we, we take a look at a couple of the hubs, you know, the Liberty Village and, you know, some of the, the distillery district, you know, some of the, some of the properties there. Of course, those are, those are what we, you and I could call boardwalk and park place for people wanting to live. But, you know, there is still a lot of opportunity to rent in just on those outer markets, meaning, you know, it's two extra stops on the subway or, you know, it's, it's a kilometer out of, the hub where, you know, there is affordability, there is still opportunity. Um, I think that anything, you know, when you're so site specific, everybody's, you know, you know, saying, listen, this, this, this is boardwalk. We have to be here. So, you know, are you, are you seeing that in that marketplace? Uh, you're definitely downtown. Anywhere in the core is an, under incredible demand. And especially with the younger generation that want to be downtown. They want to be where the action is. Um, with the rentals, we're not seeing it as competitive as you push away from the downtown core. But a few years ago, I would have said the same thing about sales. 
that if you were in the city, if you were downtown, you were going to be competing, you'd be in bidding wars. And that has pushed out. Sure. It's pushed out past the suburbs and outside the city of Toronto. And I think as the rental market, if it continues to tighten up like it is, we're going to start seeing that push out of the central core also, just following along in the footsteps of sales. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so, Brian, I'm going to ask for you to stay put. Um, you know, we've got another segment coming up. If you want, we can have a nice chat. We're going to talk a little bit more about, A, the marketplace, uh, maybe a little bit of a, you know, take a look into your crystal ball. What should we be looking at for this year? Um, interest rates, of course, want going to be a hot topic, you know, Canadian dollar, uh, is there a Trump effect coming to Canadian real estate? So folks, when we come back, um, my guest, uh, this hour is Brian Torrey. He is general manager of Bosley real estate. We're going to talk a little bit more about the actual marketplace and some of the effects that we're going to feel this year. And listen, if you are struggling in the market right now, um, you're not alone. Uh, remember one of my most important tips out there is do not overspend. Do not put yourself further in debt than you can afford. Make sure that you are comfortable with what you're buying. You know what? Something else will come along. Sometimes you just have to push out a little bit or do a little bit of work. So when we come back, we've got more with Brian Torrey and we're going to be talking again more about the market. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. And welcome back. If you're just tuning in, my guest this hour is Brian Torrey. He is General Manager of Bosley Real Estate, uh, Real Estate Brokerage. And uh, we are talking about the market here uh, in the GTA area. And Brian, just before the break, you and I were talking, you know, a little bit about the supply and demand issues that's happening. Of course, we've seen, you know, for the last few years, we've seen multiple offers, obviously, in resale uh, situations. But we've started seeing multiple offers in the rental market. And, you know, one of the things that I've always told people that, you know, it, when, when looking at buying, you know, um, sometimes it's almost better to, you know, buy something that doesn't have the full fit and finish. Sometimes, you know, doing a little bit of, you know, your own equity build by doing, you know, renovations, things like that might give some first time home buyers a little bit more of an opportunity instead of going for the fit and fit and polish. What do you think? Oh, I totally agree. I mean, the, the big demand out there and where you see the, the biggest bidding wars and the most people are sort of those perfect homes, the ones you walk into and you get dreamy eyed and start picturing your <laughs> furniture in it. And, and I mean, that's really, that's where people want to be. Sure. Um, I mean, my own philosophy in real estate has has always been buy something that needs a little bit of work. Uh, you get in, you put in the work yourself if you're capable of doing it, if you're not, hire a professional to do it for you and, and build a little equity that way. It'll help you either afford a, a larger house that you can improve for yourself down the road or it'll help you get into that house that maybe will be your starter and then you'll move up with, with, with equity and a nicer property to sell down the road. It's a yeah. wonderful idea. You know, it's interesting because we talk about condos all the time and for a little while there, everybody was afraid of a little bit of an oversupply with all the building going on in condos. And since, since the actual, you know, your detached market has, has escalated so much, now the, ton, uh, the condo market's starting to have a little bit of a revitalization. People are getting a little bit more excited about buying and owning condominiums. And yet it's interesting 
because if anything's a little bit old, older, meaning you know older than ten years old, like it, it's amazing that right now a ten-year-old condominium building for some is outdated. You know, they look at it and it's like, well, that's not the newest, greatest, bestest thing. And so, you know, I, I I've been watching the market, and you know, anything that's you know, let's say just closed two, three years of age, that those are the hot, those are the hot ones. And yet, you know, a twelve-year-old building. So if you and I look back, something that was built in two thousand and five, that's dated. And so people aren't looking at that as excitedly, you know, the numbers aren't going through the roof as much there, maybe not as many bidding wars. Um, you know, is this something that people just, they have to get over and say, look, you know what, there's affordability in, in lots of places still in Toronto? Yeah, I think affordability is the big issue right now in Toronto. And, and if you're looking at real estate right now, and we talked about it for a long time in that move from the freehold to the condo market and trying to convince our buyers that their first place might be a condo instead of that first little home that they're going to start out with. And as we as we moved people into that condo market, as the condo market got hotter and hotter, and it is pretty hot right now, I have to tell you, mm-hmm. it's got bidding wars. It's got, you know, bully offers, if you want to call them that. We call them preemptive offers. Maybe sure. a nicer term for <laughs> a it. Better term for it, yeah. <laughs> but we're seeing it in the condo market. And you're right, the newest stuff, that's the hottest stuff out there. And, and a lot of it, though, is going to be location-driven again. And it was just like we were talking about earlier in, in the rental market. The location is going to be what matters, yep. uh, especially for a first-time buyer, especially for the young group out there. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things, obviously, that's generating a lot of this, a lot of this reaction uh, was interest rates. You know, the banks are now saying, you know, we, we're, we're overheated in, in value and everything else. You and I talked a little bit earlier about supply and demand and the fact that, you know, I, I personally don't think that this is just being generated by interest rates. I think definitely it's... Uh, just being generated by pure interest. People need a place to live. We've got so many people immigrating into the area, you know, that with with the lack of supply, this is just a natural effect. Look, Toronto's becoming a world-class city. And, you know, and, and I, I won't even say it's becoming, it is. And when we accept the fact that more and more people are attracted around the world to Toronto, you know, and this, this is a positive thing, but yet it has an adverse effect to affordability as did New York, Manhattan. Um, you know, when you take a look at, uh, San Francisco, you take a look at a lot of the other, other, you know, major cities around the world, Tokyo, you know, Sydney, things like that. When we talk, look, take a look at those, you know, they've all gone to a point where there's only so much affordability in these cities. You know, Toronto is what it is. And so when, when we look at this, you know, the driving force, if we talk about interest rates, for, for example, do you see interest rates kind of staying in the position that they have? I mean, you know, as I, I know managing real estate, you've been in real estate for a long time. Do you see um, it's kind of stabilizing where we are? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I mean, I've got to say for years, we've been waiting for interest rates to go up uh, for so many years that I can't even remember how long we've been waiting for interest rates to go up. And, you know, when you talk about it sort of with other people and and what's going to happen, people have been in real estate for a long time, most people don't really have an idea of when they're going to go up. Uh, But for the most part, the consensus is they're not going to go up anytime too quickly. Uh, Every time the government does talk about raising interest rates, 
something seems to come up, something changes, and prior to any raises, they sort of they sort of sit there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know the banks did a bit of a bump not too too long ago. Yeah, that was uh, in house though. Those rules. Yeah, yeah, but it was it, they didn't in house. That's T- right. TD and RBC decided that, um, and 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 t- when TD did it, it actually affected a lot of their clients who had a TD product in place, and they mm-hmm. said, look, we can do a natural increase ourselves. So anybody that was kind of surfing, uh, you know, a, a certain style of mortgage, all of a sudden got an increase out of the blue, and and everybody. You know, I, I think their phones probably came off the hook pretty quickly on that. I'm sure it did. Yeah, um, but I, I don't know. I just don't see that we're going to have big bumps in interest rates. Yeah. Uh, going forward, I'll tell you when I bought my first house in 1998, I got an eight percent interest rate. And you thought you were doing uh, great. People told me I'd never see a rate like that again in my life. Yeah. Uh, it's gone down ever since then. Uh, yeah. And it's been it's been at this level for quite a while. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting because you know there's so much. Uh, you know, real estate is the hottest topic, obviously. You know, in, in, and fortunately for me, being the host here of Simply Real Estate, you know, there's nothing, you know, we never have a lack of, of conversation here. There's always something to talk about. But there's one that's kind of in the wings, and I'm going to ask your opinion on it. It's the foreign buyer tax. You know, as, as realtors, um, you know, obviously there's lots of realtors that are representing foreign buyers that are coming in. Do you see potentially the Ontario, province of Ontario implementing something like this? The, you know, because they keep thinking that this is the way to cool the market as they did in BC. But the truth about BC, when we analyzed it and we've had some of the officials from BC on, on air with us, they already knew their market was in a decline. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't the first time, it wasn't, sorry, the foreign buyer tax that actually implemented the slowdown of the BC market. It actually, it, it had run its course. Do you see something like that happening here in, in Toronto and more importantly in Ontario? I don't know. I'm not sure if we'll see that that foreign buyers tax here in Ontario. We've we've had a lot of research done recently and coming out talking about the percentage of foreign buyers in Toronto. And the number seems to be pegged around 5%. Mm-hmm. 5% of the market definitely will influence what's going on. If sure. that 5% changes, that can absolutely have an influence of what's going on. But I don't think it's as big as people think it is. Um, so that 5% is people that the industry believes are, are non-resident buyers of real estate. Yeah, but you know, when, this, when, the, when the numbers came out last year, for instance, um, we had uh, over a 10% increase in the unit sales last year on the Toronto Real Estate Board. So when we topped out the year before 2015, we were looking at just around 100,000. Last year, uh, we topped out just over 113. If that if 5% was the influence of foreign buyers, would, that still means we probably would have had a 5 or 6% growth, you know, year over year. And this is why, you know, I've always, I, you know, I, I hope that Kathleen Wynn, of course, is always listening to the show because I'm trying to give her some advice here. But more importantly is the fact that I don't see foreign buyers controlling the Toronto market as they did in Vancouver. It's interesting. There is a part of the market that we're not sure about. And that's the part of the market where there may be foreign money that's being used to buy real estate, but with a local purchaser. Right. So you could have money being brought into the country, but yes. then someone with an Ontario driver's license buys a piece of real estate. And so, we have, somebody we have that's no already idea. here. Yeah. yeah, we have no idea what percentage that would play in because as far as I know, there's no real way to track it. Yeah, other than so, FinTrack when they're turning around doing the transaction. Right, right. right. I'm not sure FinTrack will share that information with the rest of us. We can certainly ask. <laughs> uh, who knows? Maybe they want to give us that information. We're not sure. Yep. But the, I think that part of the unknown 
is the part that could influence it. I totally agree with you. The Vancouver market was already on a decline. Yep. We've looked at the numbers too. We've talked to our colleagues out in BC. We saw that happening months before the foreign tax came in. The foreign tax is a big splash. People listened to it. They heard about it. They talked about it. And then they saw the market going down. Well, yeah. And you know, and I think it was the BC government trying to say, look, you know, we're watching out for, you know, homegrown Canadians. And, and I think, I think it was probably just a knee jerk reaction to get votes. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's one of those things that I think that, uh, you know, as time goes on, we'll be able to analyze it. Um, you know, Brian, it's been a real pleasure having you here on the show. Um, hopefully we'll be able to have you back as a guest and, um, you know, we can talk more about real estate. It's great. I'd love to come back. It's wonderful to be here. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And folks, when we come back, we've got Alan Thompson, the mayor of Caledon on with us. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. And welcome back. Well, you know what? This is becoming probably my most favorite segment of the week, and it is the Minutes with Our Mayors. And, you know, one of the areas that we're going to be featuring this week, of course, was what I had alluded to last week, is the town of Caledon. Now, for those of you that don't know where Caledon is, it is in the region of Peel. It's just north of Brampton. And I have to tell you, it's one of the most picturesque towns you will find. It has so much to offer. And and uh, as usual, I am very fortunate to be able to introduce uh, this week's mayor of with Minutes with the Mayor, and it is Mr. Alan Thompson. And Mr. Mayor, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Todd. Glad to be here. You know, it's a real pleasure having you on, sir. Um, I have to tell you that uh, I've always been a fan of Caledon. I've had family live there over the years, and uh, it's just it's just one of those areas. It's very picturesque. It's, you know, next to the GTA, you know, so much accessibility, but yet you still have kept that wonderful town feel. And I was hoping maybe today you and I can discuss, you know, a lot of the highlights of, of Caledon. Of course, there is still some affordability, but yet you've got good development happening. And maybe you can enlighten our listeners. Thank you for asking, because you're right. Caledon is a great piece of heaven, in my opinion. And I've lived here all my life. And I'm so fortunate to uh, represent our residents uh, being their mayor. My favorite subject is talk about Caledon, so thanks for giving me that opportunity. And I do know you had my good friend Jeremy Williams on the show last week talk about Orangeville and how great it is. And the reason why it's so great is because it's close to Caledon. You know? <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> it really does have so much to offer, uh, Mr. Mayor. Maybe you can maybe you can tell some of our listeners a little bit more about Caledon. Absolutely. You know, and it's a huge landmass. We're 733 square kilometers in in area were over 3,300 kilometers of roadways alone. And I know a lot of people love to come for Sunday drives coming through our villages that are so unique. You know, we have Alton, which is, you know, our arts hub. And a lot of people come for the arts and culture and the experience there. You know, Bell Fountain's well known for the forks of the credit road with the badlands to the south. And as you venture all the way across Caledon, we have so many unique towns and villages uh, you, we even have Paul Graves, well-known for its restaurant, the Old Church Pub, but also known for the Equestrian Park, where we hosted Pan Am Games. So we have a trailway that runs from Tottenham, which is part of the old rail system. It's the trans, part of the Trans-Canada Trail, which runs right across Caledon to the southwest corner, which is uh, Terracotta, which halt, links into Halton Hills. 
So, and we have the uh, Elora uh, Trailway as well that comes from the uh, north part of Callan, which comes in just south of Alton and uh, north of Bell Fountain to the Bell Fountain Park. So we have some really unique uh, features. A lot of people come to cycle as well. But uh, Callan is, you know, you know, the second largest producer of aggregates. So that's another challenge we have to, you know, how to find that balance and how to deal with that. But I, I think is uh, a lot of people don't realize that when I talk about how large Caledon is, 56% of our municipality is Caledon. Brampton and Mississauga are uh, make up the other 44%. So it goes to show just how big an area we are, and 80% of that, of Caledon, is protected either by Oak Ridges Marine, Green Belt, um, well, it's all Green Belt, and uh, the Oak Ridges Marine, Niagara Escarpment. And we have many you know, places to grow. But in that protected area, you know, it's about 613 square kilometers, which is the size of Toronto. So wow. you can put Toronto in our green belt. That's just how big we are. Wow. And, you know, that, it, it's amazing how you put that into perspective, because most people, I don't re- think, realize that, you know, when they hear the town of Caledon, and of course, your population is growing. I know you're north of 60,000. Um, but, you know, the fact that Caledon is so large and, and Toronto, ha- you know, houses more than, you know, several million people in that same square footage, it's incredible. Um, Mr. Mayor, you know, one of the things that I think that you, you were able to lay a claim, and it was in McLean's magazine, was named that Caledon was the safest town in Canada to live in for two years running, um, you know, which is, which is amazing because, you know, a lot of times when we talk about real estate, we talk about families and, and where people want to, you know, you know, put their families and grow up and things like that. And Caledon has an incredible safety record. It does. And we still do. And I don't know if they're still doing the assessment or not. I haven't seen anything come out since then. You know, sometimes they do the studies and it goes away. But I know, uh, you know, when we get our police reports and the OPP, you know, yes, we're part of Peel Region, but the OPP does uh, that part of Caledon. Um, it is considered still one of the safest communities. And, and uh, But, you know, there's something that we don't take lightly. We, we definitely work hard. I think part of it, too, is community engagement. And that's you were you mentioned something earlier about our communities, and that is something that Caledon is really known for. Is we're a community of communities. It's just not one big growth hub, even though our biggest growth area is Bolton, and you know we have Mayfield West to the south, which is new development. But you know it, we have very vibrant communities. We have a very active volunteer group. You know, and we get back to the police force. Our auxiliary police that help us with fall colors and all the town events that we put on across our municipality in volunteer hours was over 5,500 second year running. Uh, you know, that high of a rate of volunteer hours is put in by our auxiliary police, let alone our community volunteers. We have one of the highest output of community volunteers. I do know for the Pan Am Games, I think it was uh, close to 6,100 different individuals volunteered somewhere for the Pan Am or the Parapan Games. So it goes to show the character of people we have, but also with the new development in Mayfield West, we've had a huge community engagement on how we want our community to look to keep that community flavor. You know, a lot of people paranoid oil growth, well, we're going to have massive growth just like Brampton, Mississauga. It is going to come, but what we want to do is we want to have development created and planned by our community versus done by you know development itself as we've gone forward even with mayfield west the development industry loves the vision of the community yep and if we can get community input they buy in they yep. really do it helps them make their job because they know if that's what the community wants they want to, to sell but it means that it's 
constant we constantly have to work at it you know um, you know especially with the challenges of legislation you know we've got some great farm markets that attract a lot of people too you know we've got the you know the downy farms we've got albion orchards we've got dixie orchards uh, you know, we got spiritry, that's a cidery. We got pommies, that's another cider producer. We got a couple other cideries wanting to come in. We have Kellen Hills, uh, that's a new startup of, uh, craft brewery. Um, you know, we've got so many opportunities. And it doesn't matter where you go for restaurants. You do not have to go to Toronto. You come to Caledon to, for fine dining from Terracotta Inn to Bell Fountain to Alton to Ray's Bakery to, you know, the Millcroft, over to Caledon Village, there we've got some unique restaurants, you know, from Vietnamese to Japanese to Italian, and then Caledon, uh, Caledon East has uh, numerous restaurants. You know, you look at the Polos and Caledon Inn and, and the Consulate, and, and uh, you know, we even got some great diners like Tom's, you know, and then you go into, <laughs> you know, Palgrave, which is, you know, the the uh, church pub versus down to Casamichi. Uh, illegal fine foods and so many in Bolton that I, you know, I, I, if I keep naming, I'm going to miss them. <laughs> but I mean, you yep. will not be disappointed at what you uh, in the dining you get, and the, and the price point is phenomenal. Yeah. And speaking of price points, uh, Mr. Mayor, I know that still in you know from a real estate perspective, we look at Caledon. Uh, it has still remained affordable. Yes, values have gone up as the rest of the GTA have, but it's still a, an affordable marketplace for people, for young families, first-time home buyers to get into. Um, you know, in the next five years, do we will we see continued development in the Caledon area? Yes, actually, you know, we're, we're our our development's going to keep compounding, you know, over each you know time frame from 2031 to 2041 and beyond. And you know, as as Branson, Mississauga is you know getting built out and uh, starting to intensify, there's a lot of opportunities for homes. Our biggest challenge right now is. We have a high amount of seniors that have lived here all their life and want to downsize, and there just isn't that much seniors' development. So this is something we're working as council in the communities, working very closely with the development industry to see what we can do to accommodate, to get more bungalows and more uh, ways to get people to be able to downsize, to make these homes more readily available for young families to come in and, 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 and get a start. But, yes, it's still attractive market that way but you know is all the neighboring you know we're part of the product of the uh, greater toronto area and you know we're feeling the you know the price increases but you know um our far, our housing market has always been pretty stable even with the downturn of the economy you know homes didn't go up but they sh- they didn't devalue either and i think it's a choice why people want to come here is a great way to raise a family we've got great recreational facilities um, you know, and it's the green space and it's a safe community to grow your kids. And people are engaged in their community. They love what they do. They know who their neighbor is. Um, there's a lot of engaged, you know, each community itself has, has a weekend where they, you know, like Cheltenham Day, where they still have the soapbox, you know, coming down the hill into Cheltenham. Been doing that mm-hmm. since 1970. Yep. You know, it's, it's things like that that make our community so unique that you just don't want to lose either. Yep. Well, Mr. Mayor, I, I, I can hear your passion. I hope our listeners can hear your, hear your passion. I know that you're a long, long-term resident there. And, um, you know, uh, definitely Caledon is one of those places that, uh, that I think people should entertain, you know, living and visiting at least. And, um, you know, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a great pleasure and, and to learn more about Caledon.
Well, thank you very much, and, you know, it, it's great. And, you know, we've got a huge growth in the business sector as well where people want to come. A lot of small startup businesses here. And this is also, we've made a 10-year commitment to bring fiber to every door in Caledon. And, and, you know, the, even our taxpayers are even taking that commitment to put a, a you know, a levy of 0.6% just so that we can have come up with our share so we can bundle with tax dollars, you know, at a ratio, you know, roughly 14 to 1. Yep. You know, that how we can make, make it work with federal and provincial funding to be able to get good 100 gigabyte up and down to every door. Excellent. Well, That's Mr. what we're working on. Excellent. Well, Mr. Mayor, you know what? We'll stay in touch and definitely have you return uh, maybe later in the year and talk more about the, your wonderful town of Caledon. Thank you so much, and thank you, Todd, for giving me the opportunity to promote our town on CFRB. Excellent. Thanks so much. So I'd just like to thank the Mayor of Caledon, Mr. Alan Thompson, for joining me today. And, of course, earlier in the hour, Brian Torrey, General Manager from Bosley Real Estate. You know, interesting stuff, folks. You know, the market is still steaming ahead, and uh, it's going to be an interesting year. So you'll be able to stay tuned right here every Saturday at 3 p.m. to Simply Real Estate, and I'll try to update you as we go along. I want to thank my producer, Ian Grant, as usual, making it simple for me here, and I want to thank you for listening and tuning in. It's always a great pleasure, and that's it. That's a wrap for this week. But remember, I'm back next Saturday at 3 p.m., and that's it. That's all. I'm Todd C. Slater. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.